astounding resume. Would you please introduce yourself? Because I will not do it any justice. Sure. Hi. Well, glad to be with you, Tommy, and uh, with your audience this morning. Um, thanks very much for having me. Um, so I am Claire Lopez. I'm the founder, the president of Lopez Liberty, LLC. Um, it is something I founded just about one year ago uh, to pursue my uh, focus on national security issues, um, both uh, threats from uh, internationally and uh, domestically, especially more recently, focused on uh, what we call the red, black, green axis here mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, the revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, have had a long time focus uh, previously on the Middle East. Um, more recently, uh, delving deep into China, mm-hmm. an area I'd not been focused on before last year. Um, began my career uh, after graduate school with uh, 20 years at the CIA, um, focused on Russia issues. And uh, after that, did uh, some contracting with federal uh, contracting companies and uh, also did a lot of training and teaching for uh, U.S. military and also um, uh, military intelligence students. Then Uh, sort of gravitated to the think tank world of Washington, D.C., and um, spent about 10 years uh, involved with think tank activity, um, but always with that focus on national security. And so that is what I continue to do now, do a lot of writing and speaking and broadcasting and um, webinars these last months as well. Yeah, yeah. Is With national security, Again, as you know, with all of my expertise as a thirty-year-old with a biology degree, not not time in the CIA, is on one hand I look at I look at something as as domestic uh, cultural revolutions, right? You could say Antifa, BLM, or you could say Proud Boys. On the other hand, you have something I've had on Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, who wrote the book Stealth War, all about China. Mm-hmm. I've read it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's terrifying. It's he's, he's he's fantastic. He's amazing. I love him. He's 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 intimidating. Is now it, it, in your mind? What is to, with all your expertise? What is the greatest threat to national security right now? Is it something like a color revolution, or I noticed in your bio, is it EMPs? is an electromagnetic pulse because to me that is the sleeper that nobody ever talks about well it's it's all of the above unfortunately we're we're faced with a range of critical threats uh, and it's it's sometimes a little hard to prioritize them even um but you know let's start domestically look at texas yeah. all right People may know um, that the United States has actually three interlocking um, electric grids um, and Texas, the state of Texas, has its own. It is one of the three and it it stands alone as a state, although it's it's linked into the others, the east and the western one. Um, But the poor folks down in Texas have been freezing to death. Um, you know, where is Al Gore when you need him? And the 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 the, the state is has been hit by um, you know storm after storm, winter storm that literally froze everything. And you know, not just the roads and the streets and uh, you know your your water pipes, but we're talking about um, you know the infrastructure of energy. Um, production and 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 delivery to homes and to businesses, um, and and so you know what they what they did uh, is prioritized 
wind uh, windmills and solar panels uh, just because most of the time texas is a pretty warm place um but not always and mother nature does whatever mother nature wants to do and sometimes it does winter storms like this that are devastating well they prioritized all this green energy nonsense and uh here's the result i hope i hope that people take a lesson from this um in terms of uh, not just the vulnerability of our grid. Uh, what we're reading, hearing uh, today is is that the um, the grid managers um, of of Texas had to literally shut down the grid there, the electric grid, in order to prevent its collapse, its total collapse, from which they were afraid um, Texas would not be able to recover literally for months even drawing on supplies of energy from other nearby uh, states or the other the other electric grids in the United States. So that is a situation that should never happen. They never should have been in a, in a position that vulnerable. And uh, the second lesson, of course, is about all this, you know, green energy nonsense. Um, sure, let, let there be solar panels and, yeah. and, and windmills when it makes sense. But in a in a state in a country as wealthy as we are in natural resources of oil and gas, it is folly. It is absolutely the height of stupidity. After we've achieved energy independence again uh, for the first time since what is it the nineteen seventies or okay, something like right. that, um, to let that go uh, and 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 to allow ourselves to slip back into dependency on foreign sources of energy, oil, gas, uh, possibly from places that don't like us very much. Yeah. Um, like Venezuela. Yeah. Um, so I, I hope those are the lessons we take. Our hearts go out to the people of Texas. Um, I know they're working very hard to restore electric connections uh, for people, but there are a whole bunch, hundreds of thousands still without. Yeah. Um, but lessons learned, I hope. So, that, I mean, that's just one threat. You, you asked about threats. EMP, of course, electromagnetic pulse, um, you know, potentially could result in the same kind of damage, uh, meaning the crash of mm-hmm. our entire U.S., uh, you know, three-part mm-hmm. uh, electric grid. Um, were that, that, that uh, electromagnetic pulse to come either from the sun uh, or from a hostile uh, adversary like North Korea or Russia or China or Iran, which, yes, does have a nuclear weapons program, to which the current new administration is um, uh, collapsing, uh, before which it's collapsing, appeasing as fast as it possibly can get the words out of its mouth. Uh, yes, so what would you like us to do? How fast? How high should I jump? Uh, it's a, it's appalling. So, you know, there, there's another linkage to another threat. It's infuriating. And I believe yesterday or the day before the Biden administration just passed funding through the year 2024 for Dremel, the Wuhan research lab. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's been ongoing. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, um, funding from the United States government um, goes through the cabinet department mm-hmm. of health and human services. Mm-hmm. And then from there, um, it, it is distributed, uh, to, uh, the national institutes of health, uh, 
which then uh, grants uh, different uh, recipients with, with, with money. Um, one of those recipients is a kind of an umbrella group called the Eco Health Alliance, headed up by an American uh, by the name, no, American? Anyway, Peter Daszak. And um, so uh, that organization then distributes funds further, and some of those funds uh, indeed made their way uh, to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. This is China's uh, one and only at least declared BSL-4, that is Biosafety Level 4 mm-hmm. um, laboratory. Um, although, uh, as we know, of course, China has a massive, sprawling biological weapons program with many, many, many labs most of them under the control of its Ministry of Defense and the People's Liberation Army. Um, so uh, the money uh, to Wuhan um, was, was, as far as we know, uh, began under the Obama administration, but then even the Obama administration became alarmed by late 2017. I'm sorry, by, by late, uh, uh, let's see, late, late um, I think it was uh, 2015 perhaps, when uh, they became alarmed at the kind of studies that were going on, which include what they call gain of function. Now, gain of function means mm-hmm. messing with the genomic sequence um, of a virus, in this case, uh, the, the CCP virus, as we call it, um, to engineer it, to bioengineer it for greater capabilities, either greater transmissibility or greater lethality. By the way, those two things are in inverse proportion. They don't come together. Uh-huh. There is one or the other. Yes. Um, but but they have tools like CRISPR, which are kind of like little baby um, uh, molecular level scissors, if you will, yeah. um, actually protein enzymes um, that can snip and cut out sequences of, uh, of the genome and either just snip out or snip out from something else and sort of cut and paste Mixing it back that. in, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and um, so they were doing those kinds of studies. And not only there, I have to say, uh, some of that money also went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, um, where a team of U.S. researchers uh, was working with at least one key individual from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a, a doctor, a um, a researcher uh, named um, uh, Li Yangsheng, I think, if I get that right. And she uh, also goes by a nickname, um, Bat Lady. Uh, she's called Jesus. Bat Lady because in China for many, many years, she has been uh, studying bat coronaviruses. Well, she was part of the, of the team there uh, working with the American researchers at the University of North Carolina that got some of this money for gain-of-function studies. Anyway, alarm, funding paused, cut off. For whatever reason, that funding was restored under President Trump Mm -hmm. and in 2017, I believe. And then after that, last year, uh, meaning in 2020, I think there was a question from a reporter or something during one of President Trump's press conferences about this, and uh, that seemed to have been his first um, knowledge of, of what was going on, so he, he looked into it and he stopped the funding again. He too was alarmed. But then somehow uh, it got restored, and uh, it got restored through the National Institutes of Health and its subsidiary, 
uh, the National Institutes of uh, Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which is a department of the NIH for many decades under the uh, direction of Dr. Anthony Fauci. So Dr. Fauci's been instrumental in keeping this funding going for this very dangerous research. I mean, why? Why would you um, pump up the capabilities of a deadly virus um, that would never occur in nature? That's the thing. What they were doing in the gain-of-function studies would never, ever in a million years happen purely all by itself in nature. So, I mean, one can understand, um, you know, looking into the capabilities of viruses to 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 uh, develop a vaccine mm-hmm. against future necessity mm-hmm. right but to create a frankenstein monster and, and and the scientific papers that are online in english um you know they, they they very clearly spell out that what they were deliberately creating was a frankenstein monster they call it a chimera mm-hmm. or a hybrid mm-hmm. a kind of a virus um that just would would never ever it's, you know exist in nature why would you do that yeah uh, uh, it's it's a lot with CRISPR and chimeras it's it's a lot like I, as a biology student in college and got in a medical school one of my favorite things was learning about genetic manipulation but with CRISPR the analogy I can use having worked at a liquor store is it's a lot like it's a lot like a mix and match six pack right you don't want Budweiser you don't want White Claw well you can go okay. for a little more money you can go well you can get you know you fill it up with six you want a dog you want an IPA you want a you want a seltzer you want a White Claw you want to put one in each and it's a six pack that will never occur in, na- in in real estate nature who sells a Bud Heavy with a with a Malibu skinny or something but you put them all together and you can buy them that is CRISPR, is you can get this thing that doesn't exist otherwise. And having read uh, Brigadier General Spaulding's book, as well as um, The Hundred Year Marathon by Michael Pillsbury, I don't think, and I've been saying this since last February, I don't think that it is out of the realm of possibility. When you, re- when you read Chinese doctrine, when you read uh, the Warring States period, or you learn about their methodology of unrestricted warfare, COVID's on the table. It is within the wheelhouse, 100%. Now, this is obviously wild speculation by someone like myself, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but clearly I'm going to do that anyway. Do you think that this is a bioweapon? I'll start with saying I do. I do yeah, think no, I mean, of course it is. And I apologize. I'm, I'm thinking of the name of the uh, the Chinese researcher, and I think I probably said it law, or wrong there, but it is Dr. Uh, Xi Zheng Li. Okay. Uh, so uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about you know getting that name right. Apologies if I uh, mangled it before. Um, but you know, knowing you know, number one, um, looking at the uh, the Chinese book Unrestricted Warfare, uh, written by two Chinese colonels of the PLA back in 1999, translated into English sometime later. Um, there is a page in that in that uh, there the, actually the, that that was a master's thesis by those two colonels. They wrote their master's thesis that and it was published by the PLA. But there's a page in there um, that lists the kinds of warfare um, that that the Chinese regime, the CCP, um, includes in its overall definition of warfare. And very clearly um, on that page, among those different kinds of warfare, uh, is biological chemical warfare i mean mm-hmm. they, they say so straight up mm-hmm. so that said um doctor no i, I apologies not a doctor i don't think but um danny shoham s-h-o-h-a-m danny shoham is 
an Israeli um, uh, researcher uh, and um, uh, expert uh, in uh, in the um, infectious diseases virology, and uh, he's done a lot of study on the Chinese uh, biological weapons program. And uh, you can find his work uh, openly, um, you know, with a search on the internet. And he has documented it's sprawling, as I said, dozens and dozens of PLA-controlled biological weapons labs. It's not just the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but um, the kinds of things that they work on in all of those are, uh, well, they're pretty horrific. But among them are the coronaviruses, that is the family of coronaviruses that include colds and different kinds of flus and of course uh then SARS the original severe acute respiratory syndrome and MERS Middle East respiratory syndrome uh and then you know SARS COV1 and now we have SARS COV2 um they were they were working on these things Mm -hmm. and and we know that they were doing you know gain of function studies uh with these kinds of viruses so yeah of course this is a biological weapons agent now where the um uncertainty comes in i think uh, is uh, we don't know for sure i don't know for sure anyway uh if it escaped from a lab sure. through carelessness and poor protocols safety protocols or whether it was deliberately on purpose yeah. i lean toward the former that it was an accident mm-hmm. that it got out i think they weren't really ready for it to be released but once it did get out uh the ccp of course um you know, absolutely uh, jumped on it and and uh, deliberately ensured that it spread all of, all over the entire world, um, and and made um, malicious. I mean, deliberately malicious um, use of, of of the spread of the virus mm-hmm. for yeah. its own ends. It, it's it's, and I know I said I keep you for twenty minutes, so I'll let you go in a minute. But I was going to say is. <laughs> is in Japan in the late 1940s, a Unit 731, and the mm-hmm. leader, Hiro Ishii. Not a lot of people know this. I've heard one Navy SEAL, Jocko Willink, I'll send you the podcast where I learned about it, said Hiro Ishii made, uh, Hiro Ishii in Unit 731 made the Nazis look like Boy Scouts. Yeah. The things they did. But if you go into Hiro Ishii's logic, per his words, America is a machine society. America, You destroy American tanks, ships, and planes, they rebuild them. They have unmatchable military might. You can't rebuild soldiers. It takes decades to literally grow new babies and teach them. If you release a plague or a bug, you can destroy that society. It's it's a form of, un- I mean, you have to respect your enemy, but it's a form of unrestricted warfare. It's how you take down a much, gr- how does David take down Goliath, right? You got the little, throw the pebble at his head. How would they take, how would the how would the the Japanese army take down the United States in 1945? How would the CCP take down the United States in 2019 and 2020? A far superior technologically and through might, just overall force, the, the, the number of aircraft carriers we have, the size of our army, the Space Force, NRO, NSA, all that good stuff. How would you take it down? You have to use a wild card. I don't think it's at all out of the realm well, of possibility. It, well, I, I will say that um, we have this... Um, from the horse's mouth as it were uh some years ago a senior official of the chinese defense ministry um perhaps about 2002 more or less i'm not sure of the exact date but gave a speech uh and uh, that speech was um uh written about by jeff nyquist at his blog i really recommend this jeff nyquist n-y-q-u-i-s-t 
Um, and the the, uh, the senior official's name was Chi Hao Xian. And Chi Hao Xian um, spoke very openly. At the time, apparently it was a secret speech, all right, but it got out. Uh, and so that's how we have it. But he, uh, he spoke openly, at least internally at the time, um, about specifically using a biological weapon to depopulate the United States of America. I mean, it was like, well, yeah, I mean, what else would we do? Yeah. It, it was so matter of fact yeah. um, that it's chilling. Yeah. Uh, but but go to Jeff Nyquist's blog and, and you'll see back in, uh, I think it was the fall of last year, maybe around uh, September, perhaps, that he wrote this particular entry uh, in his blog, The Secret Speech of Xi Haoxian, openly dis- declaring that China would use a biological weapon to depopulate the United States. And it, it's again, it's a form of its long-term, long-con how do you take down an enemy that is superior to you? I mean, and again, you have to respect the ingenuity for all of its psychopathy and, and malicious terror. Another thing is, um, I just, I learned this quote, I'd never heard it before. I had on uh, two days ago, Michael Swanson, author of The War State, all about the military industrial complex and whatnot. A few factoids in there I hadn't learned before. The biggest one to me was, I, th- I believe it was Chiang Kai-shek talking to Khrushchev. I'm, pr- I'm probably getting all the names mixed up, but it was like 1950s, 1960s China. And uh, they were they were saying, um, you know, we're not, America might defend Taiwan with nuclear weapons. This is Khrushchev talking to Chiang Kai-shek. And, well, Chiang Kai-shek was defeated by Mao Zedong in 1949. Okay, then I'm so getting it wrong. It's it would have been uh, the regime of the Communist Party after okay. that. Okay. Uh, Mao Zedong, okay. Zhou Enlai, perhaps uh, okay. other senior officials, maybe. Okay. And Khrushchev, then, then, of course, comes to power in the Soviet Union in 1958. Okay. So. Okay. okay. You, you are correct. You are correct. That, that I, would be the, the dates there. Thank you. You are correct. I, I'm, I'm humbled by that. Thank you. No, it's, no, no. It's, it's easy enough. There's no, a lot going on. No, truly. I forget all of them. I'm, I'm being sincere. Thank you. It's, um, but what he said, okay, what, what Mao said was, and, and so uh, Khrushchev said, what if they use nuclear weapons on your homeland? And he said, so what? We lose a couple hundred million. This is China's strong spot. Other nations don't have that. Insinuating that if an all-out nuclear war happens and America loses 100 million and we lose 100 million, it's much worse to them than it is to us. We basically have these cattle that we have more of. America is, it's, they only, right? It's, let's say I'm five feet and you're seven feet. Well, a six-foot flood, you're not worried about it. It's going to kill me. You're going to be fine. That's what they're insinuating in the 50s is we have this just mass of people. Who cares? Maybe we can't take them on. Maybe they're ahead of us technologically. Just kill them all. I mean, well, I'll, I'll give you one statistic that, that might um, change that perspective just a little bit okay. by the end of this century anyway, the 21st century. Okay. Um, and that is because of its uh, horrifically misguided policies of the one child um, uh, you know, family, um, and mm-hmm. and then the the attendant um, infanticide uh, and and abortion rate, especially of female mm-hmm. babies. Um, China is now one of the, if not the, most rapidly aging societies on the face of the earth, with no children coming up behind. I didn't know that. Or fewer, many fewer children, I should say, coming up behind. I did not know that. Uh, and by the end of this century, um, continuing on this track, uh, they will have fewer, uh, a lower population than the United States of America. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. 
That's now, insane. that's all things continuing as they are. Sure. Now, maybe maybe something will change. I sure. mean, maybe they'll have a baby boom. Uh, sure. Maybe we won't. Yeah. But at the moment, um, because of those misguided policies, uh, they have they have a whole bunch of um, young men uh, who, who cannot find wives. Uh, yeah. They call them bare branches. I don't know if you've heard that term before. Bare uh-huh. branches. In other words, they can never have ah. you know a family, offspring, children, um, and and that's where the decline in in the uh, the population uh, is projected to come from. We can we can wrap on our tinfoil hats. Do you think China, a viciously uh, efficient machine society, do you think COVID was to wipe out their elderly population, the people who are taking in resources but not putting any out? Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Um, I, I think that their BW program has always been uh, aimed more externally than internally. And again, as I say, I tend towards the explanation that this particular uh, BW agent uh, got out by accident, yeah. although I don't know that. I do. I do. Um, it seems like it. I've kept you. But they are remarkably, I mean, to your point, that regime, the Communist Party of China is remarkably callous and indifferent uh, to to the the, the well-being of its own people. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in in some sense, there's there's a there's truth in there. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it truly is. It's it's one it's it's one more C from the Soviet Union. It's just the CCCP. Right. It's. Or vice versa. No, no, CCCP, they cut one off, made the CCP. It's just, again, China, a little more efficient, right? Getting rid of one letter. I've now kept you for seven minutes longer than I said I would. I could talk to you for hours. You are an incredibly interesting person. I have so many more questions for you, so I guess I'll have to set up another episode with you. I have questions again. We'll have to do it again. Please, I have questions about the the green-red, was it the green-red-black axis? The red-green... Oh, that could be a whole program all by itself. Could be. Yeah, that... The Belt and Road Initiative, everything. I mean, subversion, what's China doing in Australia? Are they doing, what are they doing, the Belt and Road Initiative in Africa? Are they using that access as, is that an extension of China? Is that organic? I don't know. But unlike me and my normal ramblings where it's just me yelling about things I've heard on Audible, I now have a well of information. I would love to pick your brain on another episode. To be continued. To be continued. Thank you so much. Um, All right. Please, please send me any links to websites, and I know you have writings that I also want to go over. I have a lot of podcasts in in, in store for you. It's okay. so long as you're willing to come on. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it again. Thank you. So Thank much. you very much for having me. Thank you for coming on. This was awesome. Absolutely. This is, this is I'm a kid in a candy store talking to. <laughs> it's, it's, I, you truly don't understand how I am so. I was so psyched. I woke up and I was like today's the day so thank <laughs> well, you so thank much. you for that no oh, thank you for coming on you're an incredibly intelligent woman and i'm honored Appreciate to have you on that. here thank you all right thank well, you all right. catch you next time very well thank all you right. so much god bless take care bye-bye you as well